The perfect weekend getaway requires three things. A gorgeous view, a carefree crew, and a little something sparkly. Whether you're jet-setting to Cabo, glamping with your group, or simply diving into the nearest body of water, Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are there to bring the glam wherever your summer adventures take you. Their eye-catching pieces are priced for daily wear. From earrings to necklaces, these gems are meant to be worn, never hidden. Sure, they pair perfectly with a sundress and heels, but they also add that little extra something to your sandy beach cover-up and shades. After all, sparkles go with everything. So pack your bags, grab your besties, and get ready for a glam-packed getaway. Because vacations are meant to sparkle. And their shimmery stud sets are ready for takeoff. Just remember to pack light and wear Lightbox. Visit lightboxjewelry.com and use promo code SUMMER10. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey folks, I'm Charles Edmond. Glad you can join us. College football season 2022 is here. And week zero is here. Some big games across the country, some that our interest of Braves fans, Jacksonville State and Stephen F. Austin. The Braves open the season against Stephen F. Austin, so Braves fans will get a chance to get a sneak peek of the Lumberjacks. That game is in Montgomery, Alabama. And then for SWAC fans, Week 0, Alabama State and Howard in the MEAC SWAC Challenge. And speaking of the MEAC SWAC Challenge, we are talking with the Executive Director, of the MEAC SWAC Challenge and the Celebration Bowl. John Grant, we always get a chance to catch up with him a couple of times a year to see what's uh, happening on those two fronts. Hey, Mr. Grant, how you doing? I'm good, Charles. How are you you today? Thank you for having me with you. Man, I'm ready for some football. You ready for some football? Man, can if you take a, a deep breath, you can smell the pig skin in the air. I mean, I'll tell you what, it, that's how close we are, um, you know, to the season. We're about six days away right now and so excited. Yeah, it's uh, it's just amazing how time kind of slows down in the spring. And then, man, after media day, and you were in Birmingham, uh, middle part of July, it seemed like that was just yesterday, and that's been over a month ago. Already, we're right up on football season. So once you get into media days, John Grant, in my opinion anyway, time flies right on by before you know it, we're kicking it off. Well, you're absolutely correct because media day is is where you officially begin talking about the season. Uh, We love the fact that when you have, you know, coaches and players and you guys in the media who always do such a great job of covering uh, our HBCU programs and and certainly the student athletes and the coaches really start to amp it up. And so it gives a great sort of a slingshot effect into the first games of the season. And we're delighted that the Cricket Miax White Challenge is in week zero to officially open the college football season. Before we get into the uh, Miax White Challenge, I want to get your thoughts on 
what you're seeing, and you were at SWAC Football Media Day. You've been in the last few, and every year the media presence is growing. The addition of Florida and Emma Bethune-Cookman. We all know with Coach Sanders, and they won the, the division. They won the SWAC, even though they lost in the Celebration Bowl. There's a lot of interest there in terms of what he's bringing to the table. The fact that you have opportunities to play at the next level the media opportunities, all the podcasting, all the streaming. And so over the, the, the years that you've been affiliated with the SWAC, Celebration Bowl SWAC MEAC Challenge, I'm sure it's, it just, it's, it's incredible for you to see all the media presence and you being kind of in the media yourself dealing with the uh, Disney and the ESPN networks, just seeing how this conference is growing in that aspect by leaps and bounds. No question about it. Uh, this year, from my observation, was the largest year in terms of the amount of media that I've seen since I've been coming to SWAC Media Day, and I've been doing that since 2015. So without question, what's happening in the space and the interest in HBCUs continues to grow exponentially, and it grows also with with more people like yourself and others in the media who, who are telling the stories. And uh, we'd like to see that con continue. So it, it, it doesn't, I will say, necessarily surprise me, but it's certainly gratifying to see this type of interest in HBCU football right now. Has it been a surprise to you? It, has it blown you off your feet? Or did you feel like something like this was coming down the pipeline? Well, I was convinced that with the launch of the Celebration Bowl and really putting HBCUs, HBCU sports, specifically football, on a huge national stage with the national championship game and the success that surrounded that, even in the first year and every year going forward, that it would be a natural progression. And you also have to look at look at the you know the landscape because i see uh, hbc the hbcu space now it's like an emerging market to me right now you have fixed markets with with the current pwis power five group of fives etc and now that the celebration bowl which is the largest event relative to fcs football put put the put the MEAC and the SWAC specifically in a whole different uh, space as it related to everyone else in FCS. So it became natural that once once the doors opened, people started to see it on a national stage. The, the viewership was what it was was and continues to be. Then it was it it just made sense that that would begin to happen. And then you accelerate that with uh, Coach Prime coming in to Jackson State you got, uh, you know, certainly at Alcorn, you guys have had a winning program with Coach McNair and has, at Alcorn has been a part of that equation. And then certainly what happened with last year's in 2021 with the cricket, uh, MEAC SWAC Challenge kickoff game and having College Game Day, of which Alcorn and North Carolina Central were a part of it, it that was the second most watched FCS game on record. But when you add other surrounding programming to it, Charles, the Good Morning America, first take, 
College Football Live and College Game Day, you, you had nearly 6 million all-in viewers for that, for that weekend and, and everything surrounding the game. So that's huge. We're talking with John Grant, Executive Director of the MEXWAC Challenge and Celebration Bowl. Let us, for Braves fans, let, let's talk about that. You know, we were in that game. We were there, North Carolina Central. Unfortunately, John Grant, we didn't win the game. And there's still people still talking about that today. And even though it's been about a, it's been a year, uh, because that's probably one of the biggest upsets that, that you'll find at HBCU football. Who would have thought that was going to happen with the way the Braves coming into the season and Central, that was, a, that was a huge, huge upset. I'm sure Braves fans will agree with me on that. But just the fact that, you know, the result, and, as you, and you probably answered the question already, is talking about the Good Morning America piece in the first take. You know, how, how did that go over as you go into another year of this and doing that from last year? Well, it continued. It, it gave uh, that game, the Cricket Max Rack Challenge, tremendous momentum. Uh, and, but the results, you come back to, you know, asking the question. I know I've had the conversation with uh, North Carolina Central, and they've seen explosive um, enrollment. And, and, and application growth at North Carolina Central as a result of being in that game. I would imagine that Alcorn State saw the same kind of uh, exponential growth in its student applications as a result of being on that, that platform and, and that stage because that's the byproduct of it. Strategically, you know, working with um, President Nave and she and I had a great conversation during that weekend about assuring that we you have a strategy, you know, be, you don't being on the stage and just being there is not a way to maximize the opportunity. Having a plan when you when you are on the stage to to drive those key factors that are important, and those in my mind would be how do we increase student uh, enrollment, how do we increase our fundraising, and how do we engage our uh, alumni around supporting the strategic initiatives of the university. If you do those three things and you t- and make sure that you're focused on those around a, a platform like last year where the Alcorn was involved in, you know, success is inevitable. So that's another part of it, John Grant. We talk about the game, the game, the game, the events, the, the views, but, but after all, we are educa- institutions of higher learning and you want to, increase enrollment and visibility of your university. So if you look at the MEAC-SWAC challenge, the teams that were in it, the Celebration Bowl and the teams that were in it, has it, and we kind of answered a little bit for the MEAC-SWAC, but the Celebration Bowl and the overall picture, from your conversations with administrations, has it had a great impact in terms of enrollments and applications based on your conversations with chancellors and presidents of the other institutions that have participated in both games? Without question. I just had a conversation a couple of days ago with the president of South Carolina State, which is, you know, their first time in the 2021 Celebration Bowl. They had record enrollment for this year, this coming fall, um, without question. They had to cut it off, the application. They had to turn them off because they didn't have housing. So they're asking students, you know, to, to apply, reapply in in uh, in the fall or in January. So 
for the spring uh, semester just so that they can be able to accommodate those those that are interested. And I would ask you the question, question being right there at Alcorn State, what what have you seen as the as the impact right there on on campus as it relates to that same those same data points? Student uh, student interest, student application, prestige of the university, et cetera. Uh, are, are, are you seeing things on the move uh, on the reservation? Um, I am. I think, you know, because we've been in the Celebration Bowl, the times that we've been in it, I think the residual is still there. Uh, with the MEAC SWAC, our first time in that, I do think that, that there has been some impact there. So, I mean, they're clearly, and I, I asked that question because it's, it's interesting how games like that, you know, can drive enrollment. It, it always intrigues me when that happens. And so I think, you know, obviously for schools like, you know, Jackson State in the Celebration Bowl this week coming up, you got Bama State and Howard, you know, Bama State first year, you know, coach at Howard. There was discussions of whether they would leave the MEAC. They're going to stay in the MEAC for the time being. There's a lot of stories there behind all of that. And, but Howard, you know, another, another school that I've been reading that uh, – has had enrollment, you know, enrollment uh, increases. So, yeah, for us, I think the residual, I think we're still riding the wave a little bit of the mm -hmm. success that we've had with the six straight division titles and the Celebration Bowl appearances. And then you follow behind that with the MEAC SWAC Challenge from last year. So I, I do think there's still a carryover. So the, what we have to recognize, you know, be, having your games televised, and we're, we are delighted to see many more of those games being televised. When you consider in 2015, when I came into ESPN to really launch the Celebration Bowl, we were we were televising 32 MEAC and SWAT games. This year, we're going to carry over 150 sporting events across the MEAC, the SWAT, the SIEC, and the CIAA. And that's in just a six or seven year period. Man, that is awesome. We're talking with John Grant. Now, oh, well, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, and you, that's just what ESPN is carrying. Yes. Now you've got others into the, into the space as well. Uh, when you look at it, NBC and the Bayou Classic, the NFL Network and what they're doing with, um, you know, the Hall of Fame game and the Legacy Bowl. And now with the interest of, HBCU Go and others, that number is going to just do nothing but grow exponentially. Absolutely. You are exactly right about that. And, and before we get into this week and the big game in Atlanta, Bama State and Howard, just want to get your thoughts on that. I mean, that's obviously the big news that's still carrying the day, carrying the week. Uh, new platform, another platform, along with the ESPN family of networks, Byron Allen's group, HBCU.go will also be a part of uh, bringing home SWAC athletics and being shown in some major markets as well. From your vantage point, and, and hey, you, you deal with the ESPN family of networks, how big is that for the Southwestern Athletic Conference and for HBCUs and HBCU athletics? Well, I think it's, it's significant for HBCUs because I know they – uh, HBCUGo.com also has a deal with the CIAA, uh, certainly along with the with the SWAT. Um, anytime you can have more uh, entrants or distributors who are willing to who have an interest 
in in securing paying the right fees and and distributing the content, the better it is for all HBCUs. It gives us a better platform to leverage the value of the content that we have, and so and then and to manage that content in a, in a very strategic way. So we're delighted to see that happen. We're excited for the for the for the Southwestern Athletic Conference and for all the conferences that are that that are now getting more visibility for their member institutions than, than we've ever had before. We're talking with John Grant here. Glad you can join us. All right, so a big week for you. Obviously, another MEAC SWAC challenge is coming up. This time last year, you were talking about Alcorn and North Carolina Central. In 2022, it's Alabama State and Howard. Any changes What or what changes uh, to you know, the, the preliminary events or some of the other stuff of last year was first take and Good Morning America and all that great stuff, game day. Is that going to be duplicated here in 2022? Well, game day um, will will be in Atlanta. They won't have a set at the game as we had last year, but they will be set up at Home Depot's headquarters. Um, the, the, the program will be in, in studio, but they're going to have a, a set that, that we're here at Home Depot because Home Depot is celebrating its 20 years as the title sponsor of College Game Day. So we will have at that as a part of the integration with the Cricket Neax Whack Challenge, uh, both drum lines from Alabama State and from Howard University will be on site uh, representing the two, the two institutions and the two conferences as they do cut-ins and two here to Atlanta to talk about the kickoff of the college football season as they did last year. Secondly, and what we're really, really excited about, Charles, is we've been working very closely with Marvel Studios uh, on a preliminary um, promotion of the launch of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, the Black Panther 2 series. People coming to this game will get first view of merchandise, first view of the commercials that are going to be aired, um, and people will see those in telecast as well. But we're going to have uh, talent on site from the from the movie. We're going to have um, a number of experiences that uh, Marvel Studios will have available for people to connect to the franchise. They'll be giving away. 15,000 first run. So these these posters that they're going to give away are the first giveaways of, of, of any type around the movie franchise launch. So 15,000 fortunate fans are going to get a piece of history to take away with them along with merchandise as a part of the game experience in a big way where we're connecting across not just for Howard and Alabama State, but they're at the tip of the spear for a, a true uh, a true evolution of an integration of the HBCU HBCUs into what we think was going to be a a, an, a, a very ideal um, presentation to to uh, to educate and impact a lot of people at this game. How important is it now, John Grant? With it seems like when you're watching. Your, your network ESPN, they're incorporating more sports and entertainment kind of intertwined together. Is that kind of where things are leaning now? I mean, 
I'm a sports fan. There are sports fans that just want to see sports, but now you're incorporating entertainment as well as sports intertwined together. Is that is that kind of the next wave? You talked about the Black Panthers, so that's entertainment, that's movies. Uh, is is that kind of you know where where we're going next? Do you see you know kind of dibbling and dabbling into that into that world? Well, today's fan, if you if you are delivering content that's going to be meaningful uh, to, to fans to watch, sports content has been built historically and rightfully so around storytelling, and that will continue to be the case. How do you tell great stories? around and integrated into sports. What we have chosen to do is also to utilize the assets that are available to us through the Disney organization and the Disney franchise, where we have a, a, a way to integrate more entertainment into our sporting platform. So we're giving fans who love sports and want to watch and be present the opportunity to have that. But we're also providing fans who are looking for something a little bit bit more and a little more entertaining, um, children-friendly, because, again, we have Dr Disney on the yard. We'll be at this game with Drum Major Mickey to open the halftime show, which adds another element to what we're presenting around, I mean, interwoven into the viewing experience for fans. So we hope that that brings more fans into uh, engaging in person, but more importantly, also engaging in watching what we're doing. We're talking with John Grant. Glad you can join us. Um, so you got Bama State and Howard, the football game. Um, I think it's going to be an intriguing matchup. You've got Eddie Robinson Jr., an Alabama State product from Montgomery, Alabama, his first game as head coach. Then you have Howard University. Pretty interesting matchup on the football field. Well, we're excited about that. I know the coaches are, and I've had conversations with both of them, multiple conversations, uh, had conversations with the alumni as well. I know that the players are excited to be on this big stage. You know, having this game in prime time on ESPN certainly gives both uh, student athletes and the coaches an opportunity to really showcase uh, their talent on, on a big stage. And so we're excited about the competition. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Have you ever taken your boat out for the weekend and couldn't find a slip at the marina? As boaters, we've all been there. Don't let your weekend on the water be ruined. You can find awesome marinas and reserve your spot with Snag a Slip's mobile app. Once you've determined your boating destination, all you do is set your dates and enter your boat's dimensions. It's really that simple and there's no booking fee. Just explore, book, and boat. Download the app today and get $15 off your first slip with code SNAG15 know that it's going to be a, a real matchup. I think, as, as Coach Robinson said, he wants to get a win for the SWAC. You know, the MEAC is sort of leading this series, but he certainly wants to get a win uh, in this for the SWAC. And then you, you with Coach Scott at, at Howard University, 
you know, his mantra is how does he how does he continue um, that for continue that tradition uh, that the NIA has established with this with the, with this in this space. So, thinking from a football perspective, it's going to be a lot of energy. Uh, certainly, this matchup; these two teams have never matched up in Atlanta before, and they both have significant alumni bases here. So. It's going to be an exciting game, and we can't wait to see what happens when the players hit the field. The other thing, uh, John Grant, and this is you know talking with SWAC fans, and it's on social media, it's in the chat rooms, on the blogs, the fact that the SWAC is on the losing end of the series between the SWAC and MEAC. When you add the Celebration Bowl and the MEAC SWAC Challenge, the MEAC has won a lot more games than the SWAC has, and that has angered. I think that's a pretty decent word, angered a lot of SWAC fans. So this, these two games, Celebration Bowl and MEAC, generate the interest from the matchups and the fact that the SWAC is struggling to beat the MEAC in these two games. Well, I would say to, to fans and certainly can understand their frustration, then the, the way to help that is show up and root on your SWAC, <laughs> the SWAC team, regardless of whether it's your school or not. Be be present. Um, without question, the SWAC fans, and, and we know this, that the SWAC holds the record in FCS uh, had for the last, I, I think the commissioner said, 30 years or, or more uh, in, in terms of attendance. Then the way to make that happen is show up at the game, root on your, you, you know, root on the, your, your SWAC uh representative representing team and make sure you can not only try to help help them get motivated by overwhelming the MEAC in the stands. I don't see a better way um, that for, for SWAC fans to support other than getting in, engaged. My, my, you know, my, my father, and I'm sure you've heard this mantra that says, you know, don't get mad, get even. <laughs> and then, then, sh then, sh then show up in numbers and make it a SWAT game if that's the feeling. Um, <laughs> you got to be there to root. You got you got to be there to energize the student athletes when they see that you care and you're present and you're there in numbers. You know they will certainly respond accordingly. And I think that's been in my observation. I think that last year. Uh, was was a good uh, example of that at Jackson State. Their fans showed up in numbers. It's always been a great tradition with with Alcorn that your fans show up in numbers. With Southern, I can go down the list. Um, with 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 SWAC schools, it's been the case. Uh, with North Carolina A and T when they were uh, certainly in the in the celebration bowl, and it's been the the case with Florida A and M. You can see that, and and that the the teams respond accordingly. So, SWAC fans, if you're listening, don't get mad. Get even. <laughs> well, as they say, for Alabama State anywhere, whatever SWAC team is in the MEAC SWAC, the season starts in Atlanta, and they hope, whatever team is in it, that it ends in Atlanta. Speaking of Atlanta, uh, Mr. Grant, the next couple of uh, MEAC SWAC challenges, uh, 2023, and how ironic is this? Jackson State and South Carolina State. Now, you and I talked off, <laughs> off, offline. You know, the NFL and the NBA can be messy. And here's what I mean by that. These matchups, <laughs> these matchups on, on Thanksgiving and Christmas, they can be a little messy. On Thursday nights to open the season, they can be a little messy. 
Uh, John Moran says he wants to play Golden State on Christmas in the NBA, and voila, the NBA schedule comes out. It's Memphis and Golden State on Christmas. How messy can you be? John Grant, 2023 Jackson State, South Carolina State. How messy can it be, John Grant? How ironic is that? <laughs> How ironic is that? But you know what? If, if that works, I'm going to take a page right from the NBA and right from the NFL. But we just we we just got fortunate. You know, this these these this game was booked back in 2019, um, and who would have known that these two teams would have met um, last year in the in the cricket celebration bowl and what the outcome is? And we don't know what this season may hold, um, but we do know that if those teams don't make it back, and I'm sure there's a lot of voices out there with other, other with uh, institutions that are going to do their best to not make that happen, we do know that in 2023 there's a rematch. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, 2024 FAMU and Norfolk State and Southern University, Jaguar Nation, will take on North Carolina Central in 2025. Uh, so how far in advance, John Grant, is the planning for – the, the uh, MEAC SWAC in terms of years. So you've gone through 2025, so the next four have already been planned. I think you told me this once before. You like to go three to four years out. Is that is that? Am I right about that? That's correct. Uh, and we and we want to we try to get out far enough in advance because we know you know the universities and and football programs are setting their programs now years in advance. So what we want to do is make sure that we are out in front of creating these matchups and who knows what happens between now and when these teams come about and we didn't realize what, as I indicated, what would be happening for the game next year. We had no idea. Um, We're fortunate that that occurred and we, which means then that, you know, whatever happens this year, let's say if, let's say for, for the sake of just talking, let's say those two schools happen to make it back for this year's Celebration Bowl, then next year is going to be even bigger uh, because, you know, it'll either be, you know, it'll be a rematch uh, at the top of the season and, you know, heaven knows what will happen, whether it's with Florida AM and Norfolk State, whether they may make it uh, or, or you're getting, you know, like earlier, later in this, in the seat in the, in 2025 uh, with, with Southern, any of those, any of those teams have a shot between now and, and then. So, is, isn't it something though? Yeah. How 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 ironic <laughs> could this be uh, <laughs> that we would that, that it would work out this way? That tells me that God is on our side. <laughs> absolutely, a- a- absolutely. And you know, the, the, and obviously the goal of the MEAC SWAC, and you know, you can help me with this. When it was first created, was to get all teams in the conference in the MEAC and SWAC to play in this game. So you're well on your way to accomplishing that mission where every team in the MEAC and the SWAC will be in the limelight in Atlanta uh, in week zero. Well, I want to modify that a little bit because when the game first started, it was designed for the previous season's champion to play in the opening uh, games, etc. It evolved um, mainly on the SWAC side more than the MEAC. Um, that the goal on the SWAC side with the commissioners at the time was to make sure that everyone got to play in it. To be 
quite candid with you, when you look at it that way, on the MEAC side, at the time, Commissioner Thomas, he was putting his best teams in, regardless of who they were. Because at the time, Bethune-Cookman at one point had a, a winning streak in the MEAC, and so they played in the MEAC SWAC Challenge two to three years in a row, uh, just you know against a SWAC opponent. I think now what we have attempted to do, not that I think or I'll tell you what we've attempted to do, was to really look at this and give some great matchups that, that make sense, but also make the matchups um, matchups that would be exciting for fans and that would be a little more what I would call reasonable so that we look at teams that are within a six-hour drive of Atlanta because then it, it would make it six to seven hours because then fans can easily make it to the event uh, versus, you know, um, something that, that where we're just putting teams together for the sake of everyone getting a, getting a seat at the table. Well, uh, well, Mr. Grant, obviously for the SWAC, you've got Dr. Charles McClellan who's done a dynamic job in increasing the revenue streams and, and it, obviously two new members of the SWAC. You have a new commissioner of the MEAC. Talk about those conversations and just the vision that she's having for the MEAC. I'm sure you all have had many a conversation since she's taken over. Absolutely. I'm Commissioner Steele, uh, you know, is coming into a, a scenario where she has uh, great support from the member institutions, the, the eight member institutions that are, that are in the MEAC. You know, we're committed to assuring, we uh, at ESPN are committing to assuring that they have what they need to make sure that, that the MEAC is successful. You have to have, in order, you know, to really, for the, for the SWAC itself to be healthy, everyone needs an opponent and to be vi viable. That's certainly my, my opinion. That So a healthy MEAC is good for all of HBCU football. And we are committed to utilizing the platforms and the, 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 the you know, the, the opportunities that we can provide to assure that uh, Commissioner Steele and, and the staff and the member institutions uh, can help in whatever way we can fulfill the, the, the missions that they have in their strategic plan to, to continue to grow that conference. A couple more questions, Mr. Grant, when you brought that up. Obviously, one of the other big storylines, the discussion anyway, was uh, a perceived super HBCU conference. We know teams have left the MEAC and the SWAC is growing, the MEAC is contracting. So there's obviously talk in the social media land about this super conference merging the SWAC and MEAC together for one super conference. Have you had any thoughts? Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I know from your perspective, you hope it's the SWAC and the MEAC, obviously, to have these games. But uh, just do you have any general thoughts on, on how those, you know, when that was kind of, you know, proposed or even talked about amongst fans, if anything, because Commissioner McClellan says, well, you know, we're not going to look at anything that doesn't make any sense. And I'm sure uh, Commissioner Steele's and the MEAC is probably thinking the same thing. But had you heard that and do you have any thoughts on it? Well, actually, that's a great question, but that's not my lane. Right. Uh, that's, that, that lane belongs to, you know, the commissioners of both conferences. And it's certainly that's not a lane that, that I choose to get into. Our, our goal is to make sure that we, one, are creating great content 
with the Miak Swag Challenge, Cricket Miak Swag Challenge and the Cricket Celebration Bowl and other events that we are developing that'll be coming in 2023. That that will that will is an opportunity for us to to again showcase H HBCU college sports. That's where we are, and that's where we continue to 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 continue to make our investment. And I'll leave the rest of that to uh, the people who uh, who own those spaces, and that's Commissioner McClellan and Commissioner Steels. Duly, duly noted. One final question, and you and I have talked about this from the moment we met, and the importance of obviously you want to see a packed house in Atlanta for Miak Swack and Celebration Bowl. But you've stressed to me, and it's coming to fruition, especially with these media rights and these bigger conferences and just the amount of money that's out there uh, that these networks are paying, the importance of eyeballs watching the game. And you you stressed and you hit the you hit the point home to me. And it's coming to fruition because these media rights are more expensive now than ever. How important is that? I mean, for fans like me, for example, I won't be in Atlanta, but uh, my plan is to watch the game, Alabama State and Howard. How important is are, is it now for fans to really key in on watching these games because it increases ESPN's bottom line, which is you know more money down the road? How important is this now more so than even just two or three years ago? It's critical and continues to be the, cor- the bedrock, the cornerstone of how media integrates with sports, whether it's at the college level, at the professional level, the NFL gets the amount of media dollars, not because there are the number of fans at the game. They get it mainly because of the number of people who are part of the total live audience watching those games. And I, I will emphasize that as a learning for us as we as we move over to being having more of our games, HBCU games, televised that fans have to understand the transition between what was historical and our our history is rooted in in non-televised classic games or when the Bayou Classic was on NBC that was you know a great thing but it was one game now we have uh, as I mentioned to you just on ESPN across our HBC platforms 155 uh, college college uh, games carried this year the big 10 deal of 1.1 billion dollars was based 99 percent on the fact of the markets that the big 10 represented the television markets that they are in and with ucla and usc bolting from the from the uh pac-12 to to the big 10 that gave the Big Ten the California market, which is critical to uh, to, to media co- media companies, and so that's what drives the right. Now, you mentioned a point, Charles, when you said that make you know more money for ESPN. Well, more money for ESPNs means what? We can pay more in rights fees. It makes it's the economics, and let's just understand that no one is in the business of broadcasting because it's the right thing to do. People in the broad, are in the business of broadcasting, broadcast companies are in the business of broadcasting if it makes economic sense. And so 
the rights deals that you have or that are negotiated are predicated heavily on, on um, the amount of interest that they believe that people will have in the content. And this, I'll say again that the Celebration Bowl is a, is a great example of that. We were the Celebration Bowl in total live audience out of 39 games played last year was number 11 in, out of 39. If you take out the New Year's Six and the College Football Playoff Championship game, that's seven games, which we know are going to be larger. You take those seven out, that leaves 32 games played, but it also moves the Celebration Bowl to number four. Yeah. Now, when we can continue to do that, now I will add to that one of the data points. Only 30% of the Celebration Bowl audience is black. 30%, which represents also the makeup roughly of, of, of African Americans in the United States. So the Celebration Bowl is not just a a, an HBCU game watched by black people. So that tells us that we create, we have content that is of specific interest. And that content is interesting because one, it's a championship game. Number one. Num number two, the level, of, the level of play on the field has continually in the HBCU's uh, uh, competitive space continually gotten better. Schools are getting better talent, which means that the quality of play is better and what people are interested in and our storytelling. Let me make sure I add that the storytelling that we're able to do around that game becomes us also educating the nation and people want to know about, about the culture, the traditions, the, the legacies, uh, surrounding HBCUs because it's, it's rich and we, it's relatable. So it, it's, it is a critical factor, Charles. If we're going to grow and continue to drive revenue into our institution, then that is, has to be at the forefront and it has to be a, a priority that's understood by college presidents and administrators that that athletics is the front door to your institution. You want to grow your institution, the evidence has already proven that in the games that we've mentioned. Good stuff. Good stuff. John Grant, it's always good to talk with you, man. And uh, I'm, I'm banking on the fact that the Braves will be back in Atlanta come December. Man, that's always wonderful. I still have the flip-flops from the gift suite when we were in Atlanta the first time. Our buddy Brian Fulford of the Black College Sports Network helped, uh, helped make that happen in, in, in producing those things. And I was we were talking about that not too long ago. I'm still using those things several years later. But but the gift it's suite, yeah, yeah, the gift suite is it was off the off the charts. And uh, looking forward to hopefully we can get back there again and being a part of all that great stuff in Atlanta. Well, you know, we're looking forward to, you know, this season, Charles, and, and what makes it exciting when we hear to us is when we hear, uh, especially at media day, when literally every coach is talking about making it to Atlanta in December for the Cricket Celebration Bowl. 
So when, when we have that as a topic of conversation, uh, then we know that this event is a great event for HBCUs, not just for the MEAC and the SWAC, but it's a, and it is a leverage point for anyone else that's trying to get into the space. And I, I, I'm absolutely convinced that the reason you have these deals that are taking place now is because the Celebration Bowl demonstrated without question that that the, that the market is viable and that the content is viable and it's something that people want to see. John Gray, we really appreciate it. We'll be talking to you again soon. Thank you so much, Charles, for having me. Have you ever taken your boat out for the weekend and couldn't find a slip at the marina? As boaters, we've all been there. Don't let your weekend on the water be ruined. You can find awesome marinas and reserve your spot with Snag a Slip's mobile app. Once you've determined your boating destination, all you do is set your dates and enter your boat's dimensions. It's really that simple and there's no booking fee. Just explore, book, and boat. Download the app today and get $15 off your first slip with code SNAG15.